0: Blimey, George. I mean, you put a dampener on everything. You'd keep your pack-a-mac on in an orgy, you. No, he wouldn't even be an orgy. Coward. I mean, shouldn't you just ring the fella? Have a chat? Oh,
1: boring. Sean's gonna be fine. Stop so worrying. I think we know him better than you, love. On them cruise ships, I was a patron saint to the gays, mate.
0: In fact, I'm gonna come with you, Sean. Sit in the waiting room, make sure you're OK. Oh, thanks. I'd love that. Well, I best get flossing me it? <laughs> <laughs> talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street
1: talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street talk of the street.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 216 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cornish Street Catcher podcast that doesn't think Amnesty International is about to jump into action, regardless of how distressing homeless you found eating crusts that may have exceeded the five-second rule. I'm Gavin.
1: And I've got a Greek music vinyl record to sell (laughs) you. No thank you. (laughs) Aw, you don't like Greek folk music.
0: Uh, Well, funnily you should mention that. Because the the tune "Miserlou" from Pulp Fiction, from a uh, Dale, Dale something in these Dale tones or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's based on a on a Greek folk song, or is that a Turkish folk song? Yeah, you really need to get that right before you go to either Greece or Turkey.
1: Yes, fortunately, we're not going to either anytime no. soon.
0: So I'm free to get it wrong. <laughs> What's that all about? Pray tell.
1: Pray tell. Well, uh, Stelly and I are having our annual yard sale this weekend, our second annual <laughs> yard sale <laughs> this weekend. And I have I have a lot of I, I had gotten a box lot of vinyl records at an auction. And once I sorted the ones that I wanted mm-hmm. and that I knew Steli would want. All that was left was a lot of Greek music.
0: You know like about Greek? Well it's for another podcast. It's for a completely different podcast.
1: Yes. And and you may be Sean's storyline
0: was pretty good isn't <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
1: Just saying. Yeah. But other than that, it's been kind of an uneventful week. I was kinda poorly in the middle of the week.
0: Yeah, we kind of thought that you might have the COVID. Yeah. You don't.
1: No. This constantly happens to me where I mean, I was like falling asleep even after taking my, after, even after eating and also taking my meds because sometimes if I don't eat with my diabetes medication, if I don't eat, then I start to drift off. And if I don't take my medication, sometimes I drift off.
0: Right. Same happens to Britt Michaels from poison.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. He and I are always wittering on about that Mm -hmm. with one another. But, like, and I had a sore throat, and I had a headache, and I was just...
0: Done to the world.
1: Yeah. No, seriously. I think... I don't know. But anyway, and I fell asleep on the couch on Tuesday, Tuesday, watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and then um, nearly fell asleep on Thursday finishing off what we do in the shadows so Mm. it was it was kind of a week where i was just kind of staring off into space
0: as my dear old mum was fond of saying you were fucked five ways to friday
1: yes she was fond of saying that especially to her priest (laughs) right yes (laughs) how are you while i was trying to watch as many emmy nominations as possible
0: i'm good i was doing the (laughs) opposite
1: Well, no, actually, you're not, because Better Call Saul is nominated for an Emmy.
0: Yeah, but that wasn't why I was watching it.
1: Well, no, of course not.
0: This is the last episode of Better Call Saul coming up on Monday. Are you excited? And I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Are you excited? Uh, it's not yeah. like
1: there isn't a million other things. Th- you, you, it, it, that's perfect, because then you'll have Lord of the Rings and um, the Game of the Thrones to watch. It's
0: not going to be as good as Better Call Saul. Well,
1: no, but at it's least... just
0: episode after episode of perfect television
1: yeah yes of course bob odenkirk nearly gave his life for that show yeah
0: i was trying to watch so, and see the scene where that happened because i i, I know the scene in which right. it happened and yeah I he's think talked half about it, it half of it happened before and half of it yeah I think he says after, what if, if it see. was
1: before he died hmm. and then the other part is after he died right. because he was legally dead for like five minutes
0: legally or medically because legally, I think, there's a whole other uh, ball of yarn.
1: I think you can be I legally, if you're legally dead and
0: you get I th- a death certificate. I, think I don't think you got that.
1: No, no. But I think you can be legally dead without being medically dead because I think people have...
0: I, I fear we are veering away from the, I mean, the, I th- the Better I, Call soul conversation here.
1: Right, yeah. I was just thinking, um, you know, they were kind of declaring Anne Heche dead while she was just brain dead hmm. before she was unfortunately taken off life support today and became officially dead
0: the episode anyway uh <laughs> that was on last week was uh-huh. showing kim who is uh rhea seaborne is uh-huh. that her name who's just fabulous right shown her life away After. from Saul, and it is just mind trudgingly dull it is uh her boyfriend or her partner whatever we're talking about is Miracle Whip a good replacement for mayonnaise? And that's really the, the height of the... So like our life. The, the ...discussion. And that's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was like, God, you're watching this thinking, oh, pure, uh, poor Kim. She's like just putting up with this, such a trudgery of...
1: There is nothing wrong with a boring life. <laughs> right. It, it is a curse to say, may you live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget. Yeah. Anyway.
0: anyway. Shall we preamble, my dear?
1: Any please?
0: Give us some of that eggy... Corey news. Oh
1: god, I can't believe you said that
0: Los well, it's mayonnaise.
1: I'm just going to warn you now Cory News this week
0: Dreadful
1: <laughs> I'm just warning you now
0: Do you know, the trailer for the, the Game of the Thrones thing <laughs> uh-huh. said exactly the same thing <laughs> just, I'm just going to warn you now There's no dragons in this and it's shit
1: Well, there's lots of dragons and really bad wigs if you've seen mess Math- If only Smith.
0: we could see the same for Cody News.
1: <laughs> Lots of dragons. Really bad wigs. Apparently, Sally Carmen has zero sympathy for us well-endowed ladies. Kenny McGlynn was bemoaning on the Insta how tough it is to buy clothes when one has an ample bosom. And Sally piped up with her lack of...
0: <laughs> What's a lack of? Sympathy. Oh.
1: Just wait until your back gives out, Katie. It's coming in a good 10 years. I and my 38 double Fs will just <laughs> keep our thoughts to ourselves in the meantime.
0: I don't know if this reflects well or badly on me, but I can't say that I've noticed Sinead's or Abby's. Yabies, Boobs? Mm. Hmm. I'll, I'll take your word If for you
1: it. had seen this picture of Katie McGlynn on the Insta, you would have noticed her boobs. Ah.
0: She always kind of wore... Right, she like, always wore those wooly. hippie clothes right.
1: on the show. Well, in real life, she doesn't wear those hippie clothes. She doesn't, no. 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 Trust me, there are worse things than clothing when it comes to big boobs. But I digress.
0: Yeah, you weren't kidding about Coring News this week. <laughs> <laughs> Still the three things, is it? Yes.
1: Okay. It seems our Kelly truly is leaving us. As members of the cast gave her a lovely send-off at the Alchemist Bar this week. Oh, lovely. I'm sure they'll miss her as much as we will. Do keep in touch, Millie.
0: Maybe even more. Mm,
1: probably more. Yes. And it seems other former Corey stars are out and about together as Faye Brooks, Lucy Fallon and Charlotte Jordan joined current Corey star and Faye actress Ellie Leach for a day out at the races, having a great time with no PC tinker in sight. Apparently, they were trying to cheer Faye Brooks up. She has recently split from her boyfriend of three years, whose name I can't remember and it's not that important. Probably a footballer. Faye Brooks. She was very, very selfish.
0: I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was going to with Gareth Gates, I think, wasn't she? But maybe that was the, the boyfriend before the last one.
1: Well, three years. so
0: Yeah, could be. Well, could be.
1: I don't know. I'm just an old married woman with an ample bosom. Appar- and that's Corey News.
0: Apparently so. <laughs> yeah, stay behind afterwards, too. <laughs> I think there's a few things that we need to talk about.
1: I was ill and had a yard sale.
0: Yeah. And now, <laughs> as tradition dictates, let's podcast for coffee. Thanks to Jen from Canada for our coffees this week. Thank you. dear Canadians, Helen, we love them. Dear Helen and Gavin, says Jen, my French-Canadian partner cannot be convinced to watch the British soap, so I live vicariously through your Cory debates. Aww. It was a bit of a tough week, so thank you for the laughs. I hope you enjoyed your time in Canada. We did. We always enjoy our time in we Canada. We
1: always enjoy our time in Canada, even when it's accidental. I saw somebody on Twitter post a picture of the that turnoff on 75 where it says bridge to Canada, no reentry and, and lots of Detroiters and other Michiganders complaining about the fact that that happens all the time where you accidentally get off on that exit and have to go to the free duty shop and explain yourself and get them to open the gate to the street behind. So you can get out of going to Canada.
0: Oh, see, I would just end up going to Canada.
1: Right. (laughs) Not everybody carries their passport with them at all. I suppose.
0: I suppose. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jen, for uh, our coffee. We're not drinking coffee at the moment because we're doing this on, on a Friday night.
1: And I'm not drinking anything.
0: I am heading to Detroit again. To the airport again. <sighs> again. To pick up a child again. again. From Connecticut again. <laughs> again. Haven't already done this? Yes, yes. I have. <laughs> like two weeks ago. This is
1: the last time, though, Until, until the... Until... The next time we send them out
0: Wow, that's just a sentence <laughs> packed with well, information Well, I was going to
1: say the next time until Christmas But I'm assuming this year we'll all go out for Christmas
0: <sighs> Hopefully, yeah. maybe mm. We'll see If you want to buy us next week's coffees You can go to kofi.com. That's k-o-fi.com Slash the talk of the street And we will be very appreciative Won't we, Helen?
1: Yes Yes.
0: Thanks again <laughs> And now this
1: Oh, welcome welcome welcome
0: well, welcome to last tonight with me John Oliver just enough time to quickly talk about senior knickerflogger
1: senor knickerflogger I can't think of anybody who speaks in espanol on the street so I have no idea
0: that's right this was Beth being pissed off about Toya's new role of senior sales advisor at the factory something she's contributed precisely fuck all to in the last few oh
1: senior not senor
0: Oh. Oh, oh That's not this week's joke is it Oh god I hope I not
1: I thought you said senor Not senior, senior.
0: Oh, Maybe what? I did put a little tilde <laughs> over that N That didn't mean to
1: You said something else recently That I thought you said something else What was it
0: This happens daily
1: <laughs> You'd think after 10 years I'd be used to your accent
0: Apparently nah. nah, <laughs> <definitely> not <laughs> I was, Gavin, and you know how to show your baby a good time.
1: That's right, I do.
0: You had booked some time away in Cleveland, Ohio, to look at Edward Hopper etchings.
1: Yes, and I have booked some time away next weekend to Mackinac City to look at the Milky Way.
0: Better hope it's not cloudy. Are we all going for one night?
1: Yeah, Yeah, we Yeah, better Saturday hope it's not
0: cloudy. <laughs> it's going to well, be cloudy now, Well, if
1: it? it's cloudy, then we'll stay another night. I was going to book a, a nighttime ferry to see the Milky Way from the lake but then I was like you don't like boats
0: no not keen on drowning (laughs) we got up to some pretentious middle class shenanigans in Cleveland remember our our middle class pretentious weekend we had pretentious food we went to see a documentary didn't we
1: yes we did Did no wait oh I remember that theatre that wasn't where we saw the um, was
0: that your birthday Roadrunner
1: yeah, we saw Roadrunner on my birthday up up north.
0: But we did see a movie in Cleveland. We bought pretentious cheese. We saw your favorite movie of all time nearly that trip. That was the souls thing. My souls, your soul, oh, souls, oh, our oh, souls, our oh, souls.
1: Oh, nine days. Nine days, that was Yes. It. A movie with my beloved Benedict Wong in it.
0: Mm. So that means it was last year that we went to the Christmas story house then. Yes. That was good fun.
1: That was good fun. <laughs> it was kind of like tacked on. That was the least pretentious thing we did on that trip.
0: Yeah, and, and how unpretentious was that? In a somewhat bizarre opening to the week, Shona is involved in a hit and run that puts Todd in the hospital and at time of going to press, no one has been given a medal. <laughs> Nina gets cracking on building Seb's man garden, choosing not to recognise Abby's obvious distaste for the idea or ask Asha where she really got the money to invest in the project. And De- did
1: And did not get any sponsorship from manscaping
0: <laughs> no Daisy is very keen to be seen in public with Ryan that the two of them are an item but doesn't anticipate Ryan still having regrets over his previous relationship with Alia it looks increasingly unlikely that Leanne or Nick are going to get any time off in the near future as we open a storyline where it looks like they're going to be back running the bistro and that's exactly what happened
1: right that turned out well
0: yeah Fizzy's disappearance causes much speculation over her whereabouts and her involvement in the salon flat fire and drives a wedge between Tyrone and Alina Dev is missing a marigold Brian's plums need careful handling Well And that fucking Rover 75 is back Our moment of the week was Debbie and Leanne jousting at the bistro and a boring moment of the week was Roy's new planter and that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year Yes Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please Our first storyline this morning, this evening, is Tim's mum about the house.
1: Yay! I do like that tune. Me too.
0: Now, this had a subtitle before it became Tim's mum about the house, which was I arrest you in the name of the law. (laughs) Because Chris Anstey on Twitter has already come up with the I think perfect dal m for murder <laughs> well done chris
1: yes well done chris
0: i hope you had a a refreshing drink and a little feet up when you came up with that one <laughs> on monday yasmin and now are chatting about the situation with homeless stew yasmin taking it particularly hard that she's been taken for a fool again she never wants to hear homeless stew's name ever again ever again you hear speed dial, Smarmy Matt comes in to suggest that uh, Alia accompanies him on a country trip as a company jolly. And it's not just a trip across the country, it's a trip across the country. Yes. So they're not just going away to the East Coast. No. They're driving all about. Yes. I'm not shagging you, says Alia, but Matt has thought of that and it's separate rooms. Right. Yasmin insists that her granddaughter goes off with this man. She barely knows. (laughs) Meanwhile... Kelly is in Nina's old when she gets a worrying text and she storms round to speed down looking for homeless stew. She, she shows Alia and the recently returned Zidane the article in the paper about him murdering someone 30 years ago. Alia breaks the news that it's true. And I'm not sure why this is news.
1: Uh, no. Who post, first of all, who posted this? The man went to prison for this crime. Mm-hmm. Whether he committed it or not, he went to prison already. He served his time.
0: Man is rehabilitated already,
1: rehabilitated. What is going on here? Now, this it, is not how this works.
0: Uh, you don't send someone to jail and then they get out of jail and then, and then you release the news story about it, right? Right. But I wonder—is it in the public interest because he was starting this, uh, right, help the homeless kind of thing with the the food waste stuff?
1: And it it seemed like maybe it was like an op-ed piece like somebody had overheard all of this at Speed Doll at the time that you know, because it it, it seemed more like a blog post than something in the Weather Gazette.
0: No, it looked It
1: didn't look official. It
0: was Weather Gazette Was it? The banner head was there
1: Was it? Mm -hmm. I didn't see a banner head, it was just like a yellow stripe.
0: No, it was, was a Weather Gazette article, I think. Yeah Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah
1: If you say so. I watched on my iPad you watching a big massive screen I do so if you say so three times I, I believe you <laughs> you still miss stuff though I'm so still, I'm only human
0: <laughs> and sometimes I'm not really watching it <laughs> have, you, have you noticed that? <laughs> have you noticed how sometimes I'm not really watching it
1: yeah so this is absolutely ridiculous that this is you know this has been posted and not only has it been posted they've posted where he works Mm -hmm. So now people are cancelling Speed Doll because a man who was convicted of murder and went to prison and never did anything else wrong when he got out of prison besides be homeless.
0: And suspected of burning down Speed Doll.
1: thought thought, you didn't do, but you were
0: suspected of it for a while.
1: Yeah, but the regular general people don't know that. Well,
0: this is my point. I think that if... In our local curry house, right. if we had one, one of the chefs was had previously had a conviction for murder. If anything, that's going to attract people to go to that restaurant. But you kind of look at most chefs and you think, yeah, you've probably done some Seriously. nasty shit in your time, right?
1: Name me one chef who hasn't done time for something. <laughs> right. We kn- we know people who work in our local restaurants who have been to prison. We don't ask them why. Nope. We know they have because they've told us.
0: Be- because but you we don't what? ask them why. Y- you cook a mean bit of salmon, so right. therefore I yeah. forgive you.
1: And you're a lovely person, right? To me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, Question marks over your I, past, but you know what? That salmon today, beautifully done. Perfect. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Alia explains that Stu confessed, but under further questioning from Kelly, has to admit that he's insisting that he's innocent. Right. Zidane, who's been back for two minutes, huffs disbelievingly at this. And I'm like, who rattled your cage, Zidane? You don't know anything about this.
1: No. And let's not forget.
0: Oh, let's not forget.
1: Let's not forget. And we will be not forgetting quite a lot in this storyline, and in another storyline. Oh. About people who live in glass houses, Mm. because... Let's not forget that Zidane isn't exactly innocent when it comes to breaking the law.
0: And fucking over his gran.
1: Right. Hmm.
0: Kelly rushes out and explains all to Addy, who doesn't believe it neither. She heads off to try and find Stu at one of his usual dossing haunts, and Addie goes along to keep her company. And after running into some scary youths scoring drugs or whatever.
1: Yeah, why was that even in there? Not sure. It d- it didn't have a point except nope. to turn them around so that they would bump into Homeless Stew behind a trash can.
0: Yeah, they finally find Homeless Stew lying on a piece of cardboard passed out from the drink. Kelly tries to bring him round while Addie calls an ambulance, and it looks like Homeless Stew will be this week's Character in Hospital.
1: Oh dear! This is this is the thing that you were threatening us with, wasn't it? Yes. We said there was a new segment. Yes. This is the sit. Is, is this a combination of the ER theme tune with Coronation Street?
0: I, f- I feel like I've, I've well. First of all, let me just address. I think I've missold our Twitter followers a bill of goods here. <laughs> that this is not an exciting feature, but I think it's something that is worth tracking. Does someone go to hospital every week? Because it feels like they do, and this week. It's homeless Jews turn to go to eh, go to the hospital. The theme tune is, let's say, inspired by the BBC drama show Casualty. Is it? But I don't think inspired enough that it's actionable.
1: It it sounds a bit like the ER theme tune.
0: Does it? As let's, well, let's listen to it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, do, 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 do. it's supposed to be the. Maybe all so, maybe what, all doctor shows have kind of like a do-do-do-do-do thing because it's like uh the monitors, the well, heart monitors.
0: I was going for the siren of the ambulance. And then we have a
1: ooh,
0: little drone at the right, end, the which, is, which is a flat line. And then yeah. ding, 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 someday <laughs> ascending or descending <laughs> from this mortal, mortal coil. coil. Right. So there'll be more <laughs> this week's character in the hospital, probably next
1: We'll see. It's either that or the jail. We get
0: both this week. I am now don't want to promise anything because oh no. I've got a busy week ahead of me, but i try and do a try and do a, a police theme tune as well. <laughs> <sighs> a hospital Stu who's been admitted for being drunk comes round well, alcohol sober. Poisoning. Comes round sober with Kelly at his bedside. He calls her his lucky charm. And they talk about the shocking news of his time inside and how he's innocent, I tell you. And she
1: calls him old blue eyes because she knows who Frank Sinatra is.
0: Kelly believes him. She's team Stu all the way until the end of the episode. He wishes that he'd had a chance to explain to Yasmin and Kelly secretly decides to do something about that. So she goes to see Yasmin at an otherwise empty speed dial. Yasmin isn't interested in a conversation, but Kelly explains that Stu's in hospital and deserves a chance to explain. She appeals to Yasmin in her sense of right from wrong Good from evil.
1: hmm Yes.
0: So Yasmin goes to see Homeless Jew, but she's not there to do no listening. She's there to do some talking. Right. And she tells Homeless Jew that he's a pussy for getting Kelly to do his dirty work.
1: Which is not what happened.
0: She'll never forgive him for lying to her and her family. He tries to explain, but she talks over him, calling his denials nonsense. He confessed, so he can go fuck himself for all she cares. And she storms out.
1: Yes. <laughs> First of all, she walks in and it seems like it's going to be a nice conversation because she starts off with an icebreaker yep. about how this bastion of health has at its front door a place that sells unhealthy food. Right. And it's like, oh, oh, this is a nice icebreaker. This is, yes. oh, this is some reconciliation going on here, maybe.
0: It's not an opener for your five minute set at the Edinburgh Festival. Right. But, it, but it's decent, right?
1: Yeah, this is, this is the Yasmin we used to know Years ago, before Tim's dad dad got a hold of her, Mm. where she had fairly good judgment of character and didn't jump to conclusions immediately and was kind to people in dire straits and seemed to understand how the law is not
0: infallible. To be fair, though, Homeless stewards is building up a bit of a a bit of a track record here a bit of a resume of not really being honest with yasmin not being when completely it, honest he yeah. probably should be yeah. but she's willing to listen to everyone else apart from him
1: right yeah yeah and he's in a hospital bed why even come down why right. even show up
0: yeah just leave it
1: just call him leave a message text
0: later kelly goes back to see homeless stew and wants to hear how it went with yasmin it went well. And it's all your fault, he snaps He tells her that he never liked her And she's a jinx And he never wants to see her again You're not welcome here And upset Kelly. Pushes away.
1: Right. You're not welcome in the hospital <laughs> I don't think that's your call, Stu
0: Right On Wednesday, at home, Zidane is mounting a social media campaign to. But distance not like that Oh, I didn't even spot that one, well done Thank you Mounting a social media campaign to distance Speed Dal from Homeless Stew. This apparently has Jasmine's blessing. Meanwhile, Alia, who didn't want to go off with Matt, is cock-a-hoop to rush off for a whole week and a bit with Matt. Mm-hmm. And that's her off. She's gone. Bye-bye. Billy goes to the hospital to see Homeless Stew. Outside the ward, Kelly asks him to get Homeless Stew into a shelter, but then refuses to go in to see him after his outburst the other day. Right. And is somewhat shocked by this.
1: And, you know, in fairness, Kelly is not mature enough to recognise when somebody is pushing her away
0: yeah I thought she was mature enough to notice that
1: yeah but it seems in
0: in the cold light of day
1: but it seems not which is fine
0: so Billy goes to see homeless shoe and finds him in a bit of a self-deprecating mood he has no use for him or Kelly and no one has given him or God uh, no one has given him the least bit of help over the years Billy's head goes to the sanctimonious angle as he explains that Kelly and Yasmin have literally fallen over themselves to help him in the past. As has Billy with his soup. Yeah, He has.
1: Yes. People have helped you. I thought Billy was great in this. I thought he was too.
0: And it was one of the the rare times that you see him doing some vicarin'. Right, yes. Uh, Conversely, Emmerdale this week had a wedding in it. Uh And you know who conducted the wedding?
1: The, the guy who plays the vicar, yeah,
0: right, as he sh- as he should. <laughs> it can be done. It can be done. So yeah, he was going in and he was saying, "I'm not here to convert you. No, yeah, I- I'm I'm here to see that you're all right, basically, yeah. and just b- being a good person, and, right, and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, but he had his little message that was, right. I guess, scripture based or whatever about you know, forgiven and, and all that good stuff, right. But w- wasn't there to to yeah. get Homeless Jew into a church and no. was just there to, uh, to give him some advice and right, stuff. Right, and...
1: and find him some shelter for the night.
0: Right, and I thought he did a really good job with it. Did. And I thought uh, Daniel Brocklebank's portrayal of uh, Billy here was top-notch. Yes. I really enjoyed that. Yes, scene.
1: it's nice when he actually gets to do some vickering.
0: Yeah. More of that, please. So Homeless Jew has been discharged after spending a night in the hospital with a hangover. He tries to buzz Kelly's flat, but she's either not in or ignoring him as Todd is quick to point out. I'm like you railed your cage, Todd.
1: Yeah, fuck off, Todd. You're not in. Do you even know homeless stew? Have you ever spoken to homeless stew in your life?
0: And that.
1: Do you have any connection with Kelly? no, you're one of the few people on the street who don't.
0: Doesn't that uh Glasshouse stones thing? Yes. Rears its head again, as right? Todd passes Absolutely. judgment on this guy.
1: The the one person, the one person on the street who does not throw stones i think is is billy who also has attempted to murder people (laughs) and has had his life attempted to be murdered
0: (laughs) as well let's let's pass that one shall we didn't
1: billy kill somebody but accidentally
0: yes uh, susan barlow
1: right yeah and that's why peter tried to throw him off or did throw him off a cliff well and he lived how did that happen
0: didn't stop him falling (laughs) off a cliff let's put it that way um yeah, Billy and Homeless shoe have something in common. Right, now.
1: murder. murder. <laughs> this whole week, I've just like tickied off boxes of who has who has murdered or accidentally caused someone to die on the street. Who has stolen money on the street? I
0: think we'll take bingo on that. <laughs> homeless shoe turns up at Speed Dial asking for five minutes to explain himself. Zidane tells him to leave. Then Yasmin tells him to leave. Later, Yasmin is frantic trying to deal with customers and wrong change and wrong orders. So Zidane tells her to go home. Honestly, the staffing issues at Speed Dollar are going to bite them in the one they asked one day because no one seems to work a full shift there. Yasmin goes home, but... The, the sh-
1: background actors in non-speaking roles, they always work a full shift. Yeah, how are
0: they going to take somebody's order? Oh, I guess they're not in non-listening roles. So, <laughs> right, that's right. Or non-writing roles.
1: Right, they can bring trays to tables.
0: Yasmin goes home, but it's shocked to see homeless stew there <coughs> back to pick up a sentimentally priceless watch, just like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. So Homeless Shoe opens fire on Yasmin. Why is it
1: always a watch? It seems to always be a watch in these situations, isn't it? Why do people put so much sentimental
0: value on watches? Because you tend to inherit them like my dad's watch is upstairs. Yes, it is. So Homeless Shoe opens fire on Yasmin as she reads The Guardian on the shitter. Homeless Shoe is shocked that Yasmin seems scared of him. And so to counter this, he refuses to leave.
1: Yeah, this That's is this is this is one of the times that I was like, Stu, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But what he's doing is exposition for the audience.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's homeless <laughs> stew exposition here.
1: Right, yes.
0: As he explains a story about a forced confession eked out of him by a sadistic detective sergeant called Lennox, who forced him to eat stale crusts from the floor and sandwiches covered in margarine when he would have preferred butter. Lennox broke him, he says. Homeless Stew says if he'd done it, he would have told Yasmin up front, which doesn't explain why, if he didn't do it, but still served the time, he didn't tell her about that.
1: Right. He does admit to the affair, though, which I find interesting.
0: Oh, why do you find that interesting?
1: Because that means he hadn't... He did actually have an affair with this young woman.
0: That would explain why she was covered in his DNA.
1: (laughs) But also... (laughs) (laughs) But also... Oh, sorry. This, oh, this in though. the long run, seems to support my theory that it was the daughter, whereas you think it was the mother who did it. Because, oh, no, I don't. Because the daughter's DNA would be close enough to Stu's DNA, especially 30 years ago when DNA testing was like...
0: Yeah, it was barely a D.
1: Barely a thing.
0: Mm.
1: You know, when you stop and think about... <laughs> The fact that this happened 30 years ago and supposedly she was covered in his DNA. It's like, wait a second.
0: I no longer think it was the mother and I still don't think it was the daughter. See if you can guess who I think it was before we get to the end of the story.
1: Do you think it was Lennox? (laughs) Yes. Really? Yes. Do you think Lennox knew this girl? Yes. Why do you think that?
0: Because... It's the only other unnamed character in the storyline.
1: <laughs> I still think it was the daughter. The daughter found out about the affair and murdered this girl.
0: We will see. Mm-hmm. Back at said that well, said, that still doesn't explain why he would say his daughter, I never touched that girl. If he knew he was covering for the, or maybe he didn't He doesn't know, know oh, okay. he's
1: covering for her. That's the thing. He thinks he, because he doesn't mention that. The daughter that. must
0: have been about five when that happened, though.
1: No, because she's like in her 40s now. She was like around nine, the same nine. age as the girl.
0: Hmm. Who knows? ages are weird. Dan is the unwilling participant in Steve and Tim's conversation about where they count his season tickets. Steve insisted that the only reason that he never had one is because he was usually getting married on Saturdays, which... He's true. ...was a wonderful line. Zing then tim asks if things are going with yasmin and the littlest hobo and that was quite funny as well
1: well was it yeah it was th- a little insulting to both stew and charlie chaplin
0: the littlest hobo the dog there's a voice that keeps on calling me down the road that's where i'll always be every stop i make i make a new friend can't stay for long just turn around and i'm gone again Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. To do to do 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 do. Did you look at that little littlest hobo? Played by London, I think, was the dog. Yeah,
1: yeah. Charlie Chaplin was the littlest hobo. But also not in
0: this joke.
1: But also hobo's kind of an offensive term at this point. It
0: is, but it's homeless too, so who cares? <gasps> Last thing we need is a murderer on the street. No offense, he says to Steve.
1: <laughs> right, yes. Thank God that Tim remembers mm-hmm. to say something to Steve about the fact that his wife is a murderer and yet everybody seems fine with it.
0: Yasmin goes to phone Zidane, sick of Homeless Jew's story and how at no point does he give it any regard or time to young Charlie who got killed. At speed dial. Zidane gets a call and overhears this conversation. Homeless Jew is still going on about Lennox and his sandwiches when Zidane and PC Tinker burst in. Tinker is quite happy to stand by and watch the Dan and Stu squabble and push each other about but when Homeless Stu mentions a crooked copper Lennox, Tinker leaps at the action and nicks Homeless Stu for Breach of the Peace. As he's ushered out, Homeless Stu drops his watch. And at this point I would kinda of made a joke that Oh, this is this is what gets Tinker into action is when somebody's accusing that copper of being corrupt. Right, yeah. He's corrupt himself. Right. But we'll we'll have further information on that from tonight's episode.
1: Right, yeah, and Nothing from that conversation that Stu was having from Yasmin that Zidane overheard, besides the fact that Stu was there. Oh, that was enough. Was enough to call PC Tinker of mm-hmm. all people. Unless unless Craig was just like right outside yep. walking around in his uniform, which he's not supposed to do on the street that he lives on. Or
0: sleeping in his patrol car, which he's done before.
1: Right. I, this, the, the whole thing was just like, come on
0: All the commotion settled Zidane finds a watch and Yasmin tells him to bin it Which I thought was a bit harsh Zidane so yeah, scoffs seriously. at Homeless shoes story about DS Lennox The sandwiches, the police cover-up The forced oh, confession Oh, Lennox,
1: that's a common name He just pulled that out of the ether
0: Yasmin agrees, but looks like it's all weighing heavy on her mind On Friday, Zee and PC Tinker are speaking about Homeless Stew again. Zidane confuses the police with the judiciary and tries to ensure that Homeless Stew is given life imprisonment for standing in a lounge. This is not my fucking problem, says PC Tinker. Then Tim's mum's back.
1: Yay!
0: Tim has filled her in. And but not then, like that, and then because her, oh, that would be gross. And then told her about the homeless stew situation. <laughs> Yasmin puts on a brave face and is confused about stew's intentions. She wonders how many women have to suffer like this and wonders what she can do about it. So this gets Yasmin and Tim's mum thinking that now they want to run a fundraiser for women in abusive relationships or something. Zidane worries that this is a reaction to the homeless stew thing, minus several million points for stating the obvious there, says Yasmin. Mm-hmm. So Yasmin and Tim's mum go to the bistro To explain their women's fundraiser to Leanne And she's happy to donate a prize for the raffle As is a passing Stephen So back at Speed Yasmin and Tim's mum are happy with the progress On their female empowerment fundraiser Which is cue to talk about a man Tim's mum is very impressed with Stephen In his progressive Canadian ways Yasmin <laughs> could have been there and done that So she's out of the game Which gives Tim's mum an unblocked path To the angry man with the accent And later Zidane and Yasmin approach Craig and Speeddal to talk about Homeless Jew and this Lennox character. And Craig is cagey as fuck about the mention of the crooked bastard copper, but manages to hide this from Yasmin. But Zidane, though, looks like he spotted something uncomfortable in Craig's demeanour. Something more than the lack of chemistry with Faye. And that's as far as we get with that. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. He's like, oh, well, Lennox was before my time.
0: But he looks so cagey as he says it.
1: Right, yeah. He's shifty. Which is ridiculous because... <laughs> Like, Zidane would care that right. Craig is a crooked copper.
0: Now, our Twitter friend Callie Kitson, who writes for the Metro, mm-hmm. she posted on Twitter saying that we are going to love something that happens in tonight's episode. And I think this is what she was talking about. Because I kind of made that little prediction on, on Wednesday about Tinker being a bent copper. And this kind of points more to Well, we towards already know that. he's a bent copper. Well, yeah.
1: <sighs> Yeah, I was wondering what it was that we were supposed to like so much.
0: I thought it was either that. Or or it was the little thug life thing that happened in the police station again when Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And I was thinking, ah oh, see this is why we need more women in law enforcement. <laughs> to put people in their place. Right. <laughs> No, she was great. Because
0: Toya's going in there, all guns blazing, about right. freedom of speech and all that sort of thing, and she's shut down not once but twice right. by this woman. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, already, that- I've already thug lifed it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do think there's something going on here with with, with Craig.
1: Well. He's, he just doesn't want to be reminded of bent coppers because he is a bent
0: copper. You I think he's closing rank a little bit.
1: And Yeah, yeah, it does seem like he's closing rank, which he's already done once before and had to apologise for.
0: Uh-huh. W- with the whole racism thing.
1: With the whole racism thing. Remember when there was racism on the street? Mm-hmm. For a week?
0: Yeah, it was solved, thankfully.
1: Thankfully it was solved.
0: I think that was the second time that Coronation Street solved racism.
1: And now white and black people can <coughs> ha- Live in harmony. Can, and can smooch on the street. They God can, bless the UK.
0: They can gather round Billy <laughs> with his piano in the middle of the street, and they can sing the theme to the Littlest Hobo
1: and Kumpaya. Hobo Stu's not wrong what he says to Todd about how everybody, you know, everybody likes to pretend that this is a nice little community. But the second anybody ever does anything wrong, they close ranks and condemn them. Oh, because. The- this well, happened to Stu, this happened to Ryan, this happened to Yasmin herself, this mm-hmm. happened to Kelly, this happened to Abby. Right. It's it happens to everybody the second something happens. Yeah.
0: Women, He's... homeless people and Ryan. <laughs> Let's move on then. To our next storyline this more this evening, which is there's something about sinkhole Leo.
1: <laughs> and yet and yet Stephen does not feature at all in this.
0: No. Even on though Monday, it's about Sinkhole Leo is up early and finds a sad Jenny in the back room of the Rovers. She's upset that he never spoke to her about any of this uh, Canada business, and uh, Weatherfield is her home, and the Rovers is her business. So she'd rather stay put if that's all right. Sinkhole Leo ignores her and tells her to think about it. So she explains all this to Daisy who's surprised about the Canada thing and how she can't go because of her responsibilities Working through a speech that she's probably prepared a million times for a moment like this She offers to look after the rovers for Jenny while she's gone And then it'll be waiting for her when she comes back or when Leo dumps her for some bit of maple syrup Daisy calls Daniel round and fills him in But not like that! And then explains everything that happened oh the plans she has for the rovers once jenny's gone but unbeknownst to daisy jenny's actually standing behind her
1: daisy really just needs to learn to not speak openly about right. anything having to do with jenny because this isn't the la- this isn't the first time no that jenny has overheard her say something and misinterpret it
0: far more likable now though these days as our daisy you i cow- liked her from the beginning you cow, says jenny well i'm never letting you be manager of this place even if i do go to canada and later, Jenny elaborates when she explains these developments who to you, Leo. Who
1: who do you think who do you think she'd give that position to instead?
0: I think she'd sell it. I think she'd probably have Sean? to sell it. God no, Gemma. No, <laughs> well because down. <laughs> She's still unsure about the upheaval of the move. She thought they were fine as they were And running the rovers is her dream Despite Johnny drowning to death a few months ago Just round the corner so Leo That decides doesn't negate her dream to not That go to had, Canada. So she had
1: a a little girl To be a landlady at a pub
0: So Leo decides not to go to Canada after all Despite not having a job here anymore Because they already quit his job, remember? Right Being with Jenny is the important thing And he tells her that he loves her And she says that she loves him too No. Then Daniel comes back after work just as Jenny apologises for snapping at Daisy and then announces that Cinco Leo has knocked back the Canadian job. Mm-hmm. Daisy pretends to be happy, but Daniel is horrified that Leo is turning down such an awesome opportunity. Jenny is surprised to learn that this was an awesome opportunity. Who's got two thumbs and just turned down a job in Canada, says Leo? This guy! <laughs> as, he, as he wanders in. What a weird thing to say, says everyone else. <laughs> That's as far as we get with that this week. Yeah, so, right I, don't enough, think so
1: a, I don't think there was a job in Canada. So, Really? I now don't think there's a there was a... Because why would he knock it back so quickly
0: Well, without argument? There are a, an abundance of questions about this and his handling of this. Right. His that, whole, that oh, well, I'll just not go then. He never thought of mentioning to Jenny that he's thinking about ditching his job. Right. He doesn't tell Jenny that he's actually ditched his job. He doesn't it, tell Jenny that he's applied for a job in, in Canada, Canada. Or that he has an interview for that job. Or that he's got that job until all of it's done. Right. Who does that?
1: And there aren't people to inspect sewers in Canada already. Right. And the other stuff that he does. Because he, he inspects more than just sewers and sinkholes.
0: There isn't a sinkhole, Pierre, <laughs> in Quebec, we're led to believe. It wasn't Quebec. It was Ontario, wasn't it? it yeah, yes, it was, was it, Toronto.
1: Toronto hmm. Yes. Our home away from home. Yeah.
0: <sighs> oh, Canada. Oh Canada Windsor was,
1: Windsor was quite nice When we were in Windsor
0: All of it's nice, Lemington was nice
1: Yeah, I've, I've yet to be in a bad Spot in Canada, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they exist.
0: exist I'm sure they exist I would like to go to Alawa, In Ontario cause I,
1: It's surprising we haven't because it's so close It's
0: a little out of the way It's a little out of the way On a route to that neck of the woods But one day we're going to have to go to Aloha Yeah, With my Alawa shirt on
1: right man
0: anyway that's, if, that's if, planning holidays on the podcast again <laughs> so yeah so you don't think there's a canadian job and you don't think there was a canadian job then what's the point of this whole spiel from leo then
1: i think he's hiding another a different deep dark secret oh, God. because there are so many deep dark secrets on the show right now although Stu's deep dark secret has now been revealed mm-hmm. Because we're going to find out in another storyline that somebody else has a deep, dark secret. I think
0: there's two more deep, dark secrets to be revealed this week. Deep, dark
1: secret. And ironically... oh, they're not
0: revealed, but their existence is revealed. Right, yes.
1: Yes. Both of them start with the letter S. (laughs) If we're counting nicknames.
0: Okay. (laughs) (sighs) There has to be something here because there's no point to this otherwise.
1: Yeah. It just—it A- it seemed...
0: it, did—it did spur them to say that they love each other.
1: But didn't one of them already say? Didn't Leo already say he loved Jenny? I don't think so. And then Jenny was afraid to say "I love you" back.
0: I don't remember that. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just—it's <laughs> true. Don't, I don't remember <laughs> it.
1: It just—it just seems like he gave in. Way too easy. Very quickly, and is far absolutely
0: too also, oh, so he? it seems Also, oh, so it seems right everything he says about it is that he's the, the completely fact, blown you know, away by because
1: it. she was just like I'm not sure and my whole life is here I need to think about it and he's like well I will remove your need to think and just not take the job this big massive job that I'm sure pays quite well if
0: yeah because now he's not got a job right and those are nice things to have
1: yes especially in Canada I wish I had a job in Canada Oh Canada
0: <laughs> Let's move on Yes To Canada <laughs> yes. I mean to Our next storyline Which is Sean the Sheep Bah On Monday Sean <clears throat> is moping about Not taking his chances With the homosexual dentist Who likes Wizard of Oz last week Because she's a nice person And a nosy fucker She promises to help This is uh, Glenda Yeah. Glenda promises to help Him track the guy down At lunchtime for him So in the Rovers, Glenda announces that she's found a dentist or who she thinks is a dentist. They discuss an action plan. Glenda tells him to grab him by the horn.
1: now, like Well, no, like that. Sean
0: says he usually waits for the second date for that. She arranges an emergency appointment for him to get (laughs) some fingers in his mouth. So Sean goes off to floss his watsits. Glenda announces herself to be the patron saint of the gays. And she has a little argument with Eileen about this. It doesn't right. about Dennis, but, but she does say, you know, jealousy, Eileen, is not a, it's not a good look on you. Right. And the other roles, Sean and Glenda are sad as they discuss that the Lawrence guy that they th- thought they found turns out to be the wrong one.
1: No, it's not the wrong one. He's left
0: the practice. Poor Alex, who's working there today, is trying like a bear to get them out the, the cafe. Right, yeah. And is hilarious as, as he does so.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad to see Alex like, back on the show.
0: Because they keep on asking him for his opinion on things. And he just says things like, I need you to go.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> Sean learned that the Lawrence character has changed jobs. Thank you for your custom, says Alex. <laughs> Sean worries that he's punching. I'll tell you when you're punching, cock, says Glenda. Fuck off the you, says Alex. And then they finally leave. On Wednesday, Mary is now roped into finding Sean's dentist. Mary and Glenda together.
1: I just love it. I love it so much.
0: I'd just ah, this was my one concern dreams, come, them, true. Right? dreams that, come true dreams come true two of them weren't going to work well together and yet they do they absolutely do Mary says that the universe has sent Sean a treasure map that he must follow but Todd thinks that the universe sent Sean a dentist because he needs a filling at which point Sean looks at the camera and a boing noise is heard
1: and he raises an eyebrow
0: Mary has an idea of going back to yesterday's dentist and ask where Lawrence went. She and Glenda rush off to investigate while Sean continues to mope that he's not destined for love. Later, George has spotted a man hanging out around outside the Undertaker's. George comes out and tells Lawrence his name and occupation, which freaks Lawrence out. Lawrence is there to see Sean and George asks why. Lawrence wants to know about shoes. There then follows an extended shoe metaphor which ends when George tells Lawrence to be in the bistro at six for all of the shoes. (laughs) Mary and Glenda have drawn a bus at the dentist who refused to give out details of former employees and the police were almost called. But George arrives with his news and the promise of a date at the bistro at six. The fact that Lawrence was looking for Sean is a good sign. Let's hope he's better than that prick, Frank, says Dylan. And this gives Sean pause. Yes. Lawrence arrives at the bistro for his date lawrence says debbie how does everyone know my name says lawrence which again was quite funny it was meanwhile sean is showcasing his outfit for his date he's going for the crockett from miami vice look everyone lies and says it looks fab but sean has decided not to go glenn and mary talk george and going to the bistro to stall lawrence while they figure out what's going on with sean eileen throughout all of this does not give a solitary fuck but Glenda points out that neither she nor Mary have a love life and they can only live vicariously through a gay man. Yes. George finds Lawrence in the bistro. Lawrence a bit scared that it's not Sean, but George has lots of details about Sean's shoes.
1: It's a rom-com just waiting to happen, isn't it? Right. Two middle-aged ladies living vicariously through their gay roommate. Hasn't
0: that been done? I'm sure it has. Am I going to need to make another sitcom team No. Okay. Back home, Sean reveals that he has to focus on Dylan now He deserves a settled home life What are you doing here then, says Eileen But Dylan has his own life there Because he's gone out with his mates And it suggests that Sean has a word with himself And gets ready Yes. At Eileen sits largely ambivalent To all of this drama As it happens around her As and, it happens round about her
1: And Sean is wearing this onesie That says Los Angeles A's and the A's don't play in Los Angeles, and those aren't the Oakland A's colors. I'm very confused. Where Sean got this this onesie jammies?
0: That oh, he's it was wearing. the Los Angeles. Is it the Angels for the A with the halo? Was it that?
1: I'm not sure. It was. Notice. It was just weird. I was like, wait, did you steal this from Tyrone?
0: Because it's Oakland that they play.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. But, and it wasn't in the angels' colours either. But it's just funny that somebody else from the show, besides Tyrone, was wearing something with an American We're not city's sending name Sean any clothes. No. Not unless he sends the peacock shirt first. first right.
0: George helps himself to a glass of wine at the bistro and fills Lawrence in. And but then, not like that! And then tells him about Sean's experience with Frank the Wank. Lawrence is about to give up and get the bill when Miami Vice Sean shows up after all. With the Jan Yan Hammer behind him.
1: Right. Reeboks, no socks.
0: So, Lawrence and Sean spend their first date talking about Frank the Wank and his attitude towards Dylan, which I'm like, this is not fair on Lawrence to be...
1: No, because he's already heard this from...
0: Once already, right? ...from
1: The Undertaker.
0: Lawrence hopes that one day he'll get to meet Dylan, and Sean makes that face. Yes. Back home, Mary and Glenda are thrilled when they get a text from Sean and the gents. It's a thumbs up. And also, the date has gone well.
1: (laughs) And they're squealing, and it's so cute. And Todd's like,
0: just shoot me now.
1: (laughs) Right, because he wanted to get Lawrence's number
0: first. There was a moment, and it wasn't really a scene as such, but there was a moment kind of at the start of it where Todd has looked. It's after Todd has spoken to Homeless Stew, and he looks down the street and he sees Lawrence hanging about at the Undertaker's. Right. And at that point, I thought, he is going to sabotage this. Right. And then he didn't.
1: And then he didn't, because he only does that with Billy. Right. And Paul.
0: Yeah, this was, I, I think. Confirmation of our new favorite character that it wasn't just a A one-off. It wasn't luck. No, it was written. That parts of that episode were written so sparking, sparklingly well. Yes, lots of punchy, quick dialogue that was funny. The the scenes that were in Eileen's with uh, the Undertaker and Todd and Mary and and, Eileen and
1: Sean and that whole group
0: together. Dylan as well was great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, this is and not one of those people has a deep dark secret. Not yet. Huzzah. No one has a deep dark secret. Everybody loves one another, kinda. You know, everybody has the sparkling repartee between between them, you know. It's it's funny without being a sitcom. Yeah. It's it's just this is this is this is what I like. Genuinely, Nobody's murdering anyone.
0: Genuinely it's made me care about a Sean storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worried that this was going to happen last week and it, and it has happened now. I I care about this Sean storyline. Right. On Friday, I'd have to say I was without the influence of Glenda in it, I was I wasn't feeling it quite as much. Because mm-hmm. Sean's already talking about his man Lawrence. It's like, right. dude, come on, it's not even been twenty-four hours yet. Right. The lead-up to it has been done so well. It was
1: great. Yeah. And it's like like what we've said about Todd. With certain people, we just can't stand him. But with this family group, he's fantastic. Mm. And Sean, again, you know, this is the best... I think this is the best house on the street as far as a healthy mixture of lots of different personalities living together.
0: Inexplicably living together, right.
1: And and inexplicably working together you know whereas it, you know it works and i was you don't th- expect eileen and mary to work and yet they do
0: I, well yeah and i was thinking why the sean storyline is working where previously it hasn't it hasn't really or it hasn't as well right it did it did a bit with frank cause, yeah because frank was pretty good right and todd was pretty good in that but i think the way that it works here is that because there are some people who don't like glenda out there yeah There's those no, people are wrong they are wrong but they don't
1: they just don't like big brassy broad
0: but what I like about it or why I think it might be working and I haven't really thought this through so I don't know if it holds water or not but I think if you like Glenda or if you don't you Feel something for that stance. So you, you're you with Eileen then, you're with Eileen and Todd and they're kind of ambivalence towards it and you're, you're really on their side. Right. Or you like Glenda and you're really on her side. Right. So there isn't really a middle path of apathy where you don't really care about either one of them. Mm-hmm. You, you care about one position or the other, which means that regardless of your position, you're a bit more invested in the story than you would have been if if you had that ambivalent view of it. And I think too often there are storylines where I I don't care, like I don't care about Summer at the moment. Well, no. So it's hard for me to be invested and think that her character's working well, right? Because or Aaron's working well because I just don't I just don't care about because it
1: because there's no growth and you're just seeing the same thing over and over again. Whereas I think this is one of the things with Sean. we Sean is significantly less self-centered in this storyline and the Frank storyline. And he was in his homeless storyline where he was very self centered, right? And,
0: and the double glammy was
1: and the double glammy storyline where not. he was so self centered, mm-hmm. you know. And, and there has been growth in that character since the double glammy stuff where he's become less self centered. We've seen him, we've seen more of him as uh, more of Sean the dad with Dylan, which is nice. We're seeing more of Sean in actual relationships, which is nice. And not just, oh, him talking about blah, blah, blah down the street that, you know, oh, I went out with so-and-so who we never get to meet or see. Right. You know, he's becoming more well-rounded and we're not seeing the same old Sean over and over and over and over again like we are seeing with Summer's storyline where she is just... Over and over and over <laughs> again mm. with it.
0: It's like, give me a Sean I can like, right? And I will like him. Yeah, seems to be what's happening. Wh- what I thought was this is just a character I'm never going to warm right. to.
1: Whereas before he was kind of this caricature of of a of a gay man, right? He's he's he has stepped out of that caricatureness, you know, the whole. The whole swishiness and the self-centeredness and the only caring about himselfness and the yeah. you know and the talking about some idealistic mannishness sort of thing.
0: I think he has work to do to win other people over, mm-hmm. but I think so far so good with us. And this Lawrence guy seems pretty great as well.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the problem we have with Kirk as well. Whereas whereas we're getting a little tired of Kirk just constantly being. The buffoon, yeah, the clown,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, make him less of a caricature, and we will care about him. Right. You've made Sean less of a caricature, and now we care about him. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yes. Our next storyline today is Grand Theft Bistro, <laughs> on Monday, or oh, Grand Theft Bistro Two, Vice City. <laughs> on, on Monday. Well done. You well, know, minimal effort. Yes.
1: On less, Monday, less, us beating up of prostitutes in this one marginally
0: <laughs> ronnie drops into the bistro early doors, but he's not looking for a table or to get his hole he's there to apologize to debbie for snapping at her but he doesn't want it to be awkward and hopes that they can remain friends and she's kind of sad when she says that yeah then Leanne and nick burst out the office mocking ryan for his excuse of being forced into the robbery by two big boys Leanne particularly walking. Oh I was, I was forced into the robbery by two big boys
1: Yeah I don't remember anybody Saying to you Leanne Oh I was forced to sell drugs By one big boy Who's now on Strictly Come Dancing Oh And his little teenage punk Who bossed me around in my own house Oh God such a freaking hypocrite, that Leanne. Love it. I used to like her.
0: I still do. Nick <laughs> looks like he's swaying about it and Debbie does what she can to make him sway more. Citing Harvey Gaskell is someone who can get people to do things they don't want to do. People will do anything for money if they're desperate, says Leanne. Well, you'd know about it, says Debbie. <laughs> yeah, that Nick, was nice. Nick decides to have a word with Ryan to see what's what. So Ryan comes in and explains that two big boys made him do it. And he didn't mention it before because they threatened to batter him later. Leanne still isn't believing and points out that the insurance won't pay out if it wasn't a robbery. Debbie just wants to be sure. And then PC Tinker turns up asking Ryan to accompany him to the station. At the station, Ryan gets his charge sheet and his appointment is with the magistrate tomorrow. He asks PC Tinker how he thinks this is going to go. And Craig is like, what do you expect me to say about it? (laughs) Well, you're a cop. You should know. Well, again, he's he's a cop.
1: He's not... There's he doesn't CC- work at the courts.
0: There's CCTV of you robbing the place, says Craig, and without anything to back up your excuse of big boys making you do it, you're fucked. Back outside the bistro, Ryan wants Debbie's help to fake a scene where the big boys threaten them that they can capture on CCTV. Debbie thinks this is hilarious, and if she was and supposed, was. and if she was supposed to dress up like a big boy, it would look like she was getting threatened by Harry Potter. She tells Ryan not to be so daft and leaves him to it. After getting another knockback for help from Paul. Ryan watches a YouTube video on how to fake being threatened by big boys on CCTV no, How to
1: fix a CCTV but camera but falls
0: on his arse when he's trying to unscrew the mountain on the bistro wall and for a moment I thought it was the same guy that did the PC Tinker video to uh, retrieve a false fingernail from a, from a, a sink but it was a different guy. <laughs>
1: oh boo yeah, yeah, They should have had the same guy, I that really would have been wished.
0: hilarious Because if it were, I'd, I'd What a missed
1: opportunity!
0: St- I'd start piecing them together You know me <laughs> The noise attracts Ronnie who reveals that he knows exactly what's gone down and how Debbie is really the mastermind of the shite plan but the bottom line is that a crime has been committed Ryan was the one who committed the crime and it's time for him to face the music like one of those big boys who didn't threaten him. On Wednesday Ryan meets Ronnie in Nina's Rolls. he's shitting a brick ahead of his day in court Debbie comes along to offer her best wishes now as she won't be able to make it and Ryan leaves sad that it's going to be there on his own and Ryan and Ronnie is left to think oh God, so I'm going to have to go in make sure that he's all right basically. yes so that's what he does so the court later ronnie sneaks in to offer ryan support uh, which ryan silently appreciates with a nod he pleads guilty with the mitigating circumstances of big boys making them do it and then running away the court takes this very seriously and the judge asks for a moment to eat a sandwich and consider the sentence and we don't get to see that and next we see ryan and ronnie landing in the rovers for a pint he got off with community service. Ronnie is thrilled but Ryan now reflects that he has fuck all going on in the way of a decent storyline these days or a job and his Ibiza plan is down the toilet things will get better says Ronnie Ronnie goes to tell Debbie the good news and to tell her that she's lucky Ryan didn't drop her in it and go and do something about this and he has to check on her later to make sure that she's been in contact with Ryan because Ryan deserves better than this after what he's done for her but Debbie is then distracted by a call from the insurance company and she finally finds Ryan and the Rovers playing the fruit machine and offering her. Th- and she offers her thanks. It's all been for naught though, as the insurance isn't paying out, which was quite funny because then Ryan starts headbutting the fruit machine, <laughs> right. and, Debbie, and everybody
1: looks and over. And David, to him. distract
0: it, quickly puts another nugget in. <laughs>
1: right, that was funny.
0: But the good news is that despite previously offering Ryan a manager's position at one of her rape hotels, she's offering him head waiter at the bistro now. She promises to never forget the solid that Ryan took for her me neither it says and then he wins the jackpot his luck perhaps is turning around
1: yeah are you surprised that the insurance won't pay when it's discovered that it was an inside job
0: i I couldn't be more confused about this it's like because ed has been paid off and i don't know where that money has come from or gone or how any of this is working, or how much money was in the safe, how much money was getting claimed from the insurance.
1: Sometimes it's better not to ask.
0: None of it is making any sense to me. Yeah. On Friday, it's Ryan's latest first day back at work, and Debbie hasn't told Nick or Leanne, and he's worried about the reaction from the punters. (laughs) Hmm. Well done, Debbie. Hmm. To make peace with the old codgers from another storyline, Debbie has offered them free dessert. And Nick and Leanne scream in shock when they arrive, which I thought was about the free desserts from the other (laughs) storyline. But it turns out because they've seen Ryan behind the bar. So in the Kitchen of the Bistro, Ryan and Debbie are forced to confess all that happened about the heist and Debbie's financial situation. And it turns out, after a bit of argy-bargy, that Leanne and Nick don't really give a fuck and decide to forgive and forget as long as the money gets paid back.
1: Right. Has Leanne paid the business back from, uh, from, uh, from a Toya's lawyer? Don't, Has she? I don't Has think she?
0: I don't think that's clear.
1: Because that's not clear. That's not made clear at all. And yet they're being so self-righteous with her about, about her bit. It's like, how is the bistro even open?
0: (laughs) When characters left and right are taking money out of it to pay off various debts
1: illegally. for for
0: other people.
1: Because again, Leanne putting fingers when she illegally took money out of the till for Toya's lawyer.
0: Yeah, because it was stolen as far as Debbie was concerned until Leanne confessed. So they've
1: both stolen from the business for their own personal needs. Although I guess Debbie's is kind of for the business, but right. also and, for and paying a, off Ed and her other businesses.
0: And I'm assuming it's a larger sum of money. But the fact that there, there is this kind of contradictory conflict here, mm. and it's like, does Coronation Street watch Coronation Street? Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it must because Leanne remembers that she once tried to burn down a business. No, that no, she no, had. no, no.
0: That means that Coronation Street watches classic Coronation Street. <laughs>
1: No they haven't watched the p- last months.
0: <laughs> Fucking hell
1: What is going on here This is If
0: I'm watching it the least that they can do Is watch it
1: It's just the selective memory That they're giving these characters is just But surely Jane
0: dances reading this and saying <laughs> Wait a second you, you want me to say this Where's the archivist? Get the archivist over here. Remember this? Have I paid this off?
1: Did I miss something in a script somewhere else?
0: What are we on? Episode 10,700 and something? Go look at episode 10,600 and something. I'm pretty sure Leanne does something pretty similar to this.
1: Right. Yeah. Only she does it herself.
0: And Ryan isn't involved.
1: Right. Nor is the safe. She just, just openly...
0: Took it from the account, didn't she?
1: Right. Yeah. <sighs> this is... Again, just between this and her mocking Ryan for the Ooh. big boys when Jacob, skinny Jacob. I think
0: Jacob was menacing in that. I, I don't I know, think I know. he
1: was menacing.
0: Jacob had a stranger's vibe about it at that point, I thought. You didn't pick up on it, but I definitely picked up on it.
1: He's a kid. He's so, not so, even so your were, kid. So kick him out so they
0: were in The Strangers and in Funny Games anyway I I, I don't know who owns what money to who at the moment
1: regardless right. of whether or not Jacob and Harvey were menacing the fact that Leanne was menaced by them right. and then turns around and mocks Ryan
0: for the same thing for the
1: right. same thing Leanne, is ridiculous.
0: Leanne gives them both a second chance without Nick's input, which obviously pours a handful of sand down his foreskin. Right. But she reminds him of Valandros that she burned down back in the day to avoid the bailiffs. Right. And he's like, well, that was a long time ago.
1: Right, yeah. Like, what that happened counts. last month. Right.
0: And there's also this other thing that <laughs> Right,
1: happened. yeah. And also, just wait a second. Before Nick, you were willing to forgive Ryan. But now that you found out that it was really Debbie's fault. You're not so quick to forgive. Uh, what is this saying about you, Nick?
0: And I'm not sure why they don't know that the finances of the company are in such bad shape if they're owners. Uh, any- well,
1: it kind of seems like it's it's Debbie's other businesses, it's which all, are the I think worst it's all part off. part of
0: the same Weinstein operation, isn't
1: it? Right. Well, the bistro is, you know, the, 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 Nick and Leanne are involved with the bistro. They're not involved with the rape hotels.
0: Right. Ryan spies Debbie Nodnoff later on in one of the booths and brings her a coffee. It seems his robbery has already blown over with the customers and Nick and Leanne. Right, because
1: everybody's focused on homeless stew now.
0: And everyone's pretty happy with Ryan now because he was nice to old people earlier on. Right, he's you. Ronnie Ronnie comes in pleased to see, just women. Ronnie comes in pleased to see how, don't be an old man, I'll fucking chase you. (laughs) Ronnie comes in pleased to see how Debbie's handled all this. You like
1: Kenny Rogers down the
0: street. And so, yeah, and so decides that he wants to go back out with her, to which she agrees. So, this Safe Robin storyline seems to have meant absolutely nothing. He takes off her glasses, she unruffles her hair, and they go get their hole in the restaurant area of the bistro.
1: And then later on, they go to the Rape Hotel in another
0: storyline. Yeah. Things that are different now at the end of the. I'm hesitant to call it a heist storyline but things that are different is that Ryan now works full time at the bistro
1: Right, because he didn't rob Jenny but Jenny's not going to give him his job back
0: Yeah, that seems to be the difference, that Ryan has moved from working at the rovers to working at the bistro and he has a a head waiter job or something
1: Wasn't he already kind of working at the bistro though? No, he
0: was there casually for the Psychic and Casino Nights Oh that's right But he left the The bistro I think When his mum left it
1: Right Yeah They do mention his mum this week Yeah Have you told your mum yet?
0: No she's too busy Practicing for Strictly as well
1: No She's She's dancing (laughs) With with that guy Whose name I can't pronounce Because I'm an American
0: Hmm. That seems to be the time to introduce a but you know what an unrehearsed character into the show. But
1: you, but you know what? What I don't feel bad about it because Sofa Cinema Club this week. About what they called Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, and then
0: what's his name? I don't know what or why we're talking about the Sofa Cinema Club
1: because they do the same thing I do, but they're not apologetic about it
0: because because nobody's sitting there correcting them.
1: No, but he did. Oh. PC okay. Tinker says to the other two Oh, I, I believe You know, I've always said Gillenhall, But a, apparently it's pronounced Gillenhall. And they both say, oh And then all three of them Commence saying Gillenhall Through the whole rest of the episode no, I
0: haven't listened to it yet, but thanks for spoiling it for me
1: Yeah, they're talking about so, bro- uh, They're talking about Brokeback Mountain So, so has, that's fun
0: So has anything else happened? Is anything else different apart from Ryan has changed employer?
1: Right, and we finally get to actually see Ronnie and Debbie smoochin' on camera. And
0: we learn that uh, Debbie's finances aren't great.
1: But we knew that already. Because but, that, that's how this whole thing started. But she's no, but, admitted it to other people. but I'm, it but I'm people, what's
0: different between the start of the storyline and the end. And we didn't other know people
1: know about Debbie's problems, whereas before she was kind of trying to shoulder it all by herself. And and wasn't admitting it to
0: other people. That doesn't seem enough for us. And story also, in last and also, weeks.
1: Ryan is. Where's is Ryan going to live?
0: He's living at the rape hotel. That's the address that it gives him in the. Oh,
1: that's right, because he's not living it with Jenny anymore. No, because
0: he's living in the rape hotel. Right. I think I just said that.
1: Yes. So Ryan has had to move out. Mm-hmm. So now he's
0: from one for a, from one accommodation to another. Right. Ugh.
1: So that's different.
0: Yes. Notice, think, is any of this noticeably different though Other than he now works at the bistro uh,
1: Does this affect his chances Of ever getting back together with Alia Because he talks about Alia a lot To Ronnie
0: as well He does, I'm kind of thinking that maybe his position in the show Is a little more concrete now Because this was a chance to get rid of him And they haven't, so right. that's got to be good Yeah, I'm surprised he got off with community service though Yeah, that was he shocking did, He did rob a restaurant, right. as, let's remember
1: Yeah but he was coerced, and apparently <sighs> the judge believed him.
0: Yeah. Moving on then, our next storyline is Audrey Boom on Wednesday. Boom Bop. That kept Paranoid M-bop. Android off number one in the UK, by the way. Audrey is in. They Nina play Rose. all
1: their own instruments. Hanson does.
0: So do Radiohead. Audrey's in Nina's roles with Stephen, but she's in a world of her own as Stephen and Shona talk about curries and taking David for a walk.
1: Audrey, but I like that. Audrey, or not that one yeah he specifies the dog
0: Audrey shuffles off for an appointment with Gadass and plays down the accidental sleeping pill overdose thing
1: which was not accidental Gadas, and nobody's though,
0: believing her Gadass senses Audrey's anxious and jumps to rule one in the doctor playbook by offering Audrey some antidepressants which she thinks will help <sighs> Audrey looks somewhere only, between denial and leaping at the suggestion
1: if only all doctors were Dr Gadass
0: after the appointment, Audrey's practically sprinting to the Rovers, and this is seen by a, with a quiet chuckle and a shake of the head by Adam, sitting in his fancy jag that I thinks new. In the Rovers, Audrey's with Stephen when Adam comes in, and like a total arsehole, remarks on how much of a hurry she was in to get to the pub from the medical center. Stephen is curious about the medical centre, so Audrey lies and says she was getting a prescription filled, but not like that. Hmm. On Friday, Stephen and Rita are gossiping outside the cabin, worried about Audrey, and Rita makes plans to meet with him at the bistro to come up with another plan to occupy Audrey, which seems unnecessarily complicated.
1: No, that prescription is filled in another storyline.
0: At Nina's Rolls, Rita is roping other residents like Roy into joining her planning session for Audrey. Rita this is roping all- Roy. This is all riveting television. Riveting. Roy tries to knock it all back, but Shona announces that she'll curry for cover for him. To curry favour. So, Ken, Stephen, Roy and Rita are all in the bistro trying to decide where to take Audrey tomorrow. That's Ryan, not boozy. Ryan suggests the bistro, which would be the 18th time in the last four days that Audrey has <laughs> been there. So they quickly write that off. Debbie suggests going to the rape hotel, which does a great afternoon tea before all the raping starts. Stephen thinks this sounds wonderful, but it's suspicious when Debbie wants a deposit. Rita's nose is put of joint <coughs> Rita's nose is put out of joint about this too.
1: Because she's an old lady.
0: She takes Stephen's phone number to further complicate a fairly simple afternoon tea. Meanwhile, Stephen's concerned about his phone, so he goes to leave. And outside he's right on the phone to his bank, trying to extend his overdraft. Oh mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Rita doesn't seem to understand that businesses were very affected
0: by the covid yeah but taking a deposit for four people to have afternoon tea seems does seem a bit excessive
1: well if it seems like it's something very popular and in order to reserve your place i can understand it mm-hmm. because it's not like it's not just like a reservation for dinner it's for this very specific event like even before the pandemic when we had like the special the special dinners up at craft we would pay have to pay in advance we would pay in advance for those.
0: Yeah, but that was an afternoon tea. Well, it afternoon was a tea, special sandwiches event. Sandwiches and tea, and, and, and also
1: cake. It's very fancy. I don't think it is. I good. like. Tea.
0: I like afternoon tea. Stephen is in Nina's rolls, paying for coffee with two peas and one piece. When he gets a call from the rape hotel looking for the deposit, he reads out the credit card number reluctantly, but it sounds like it's been declined. Oh, word! Says Shona. And later, Stephen is still in Nina's rolls, shouting at someone at his bank. Then later still, at the rape hotel, Stephen finally calls to give his credit card details for the afternoon tea deposit, but when we see him, he's given the details of a card belonging to Mrs. Gabrielle Reed, and oddly, it's Reed that he chooses to spell. And that's as far as we get with that storyline this week.
1: Yeah, like when he's in the... When he's in the... When he's in Nina's roles, like yelling, he's like, I'm not in Italy! Stop declining my card, because you know of your security thing and i think he's talking to a dead phone i don't think he's actually talking to anyone i think he's just pretending oh really for shona and for um, yeah. sarah mm. and also maybe a little bit for ronnie because ronnie's there as well ronnie is everywhere this week right him and his arms
0: yeah and he is not buying Stephen reed one little bit
1: no yeah he says i know a chance here when i see one
0: he's sitting in the role, reading a book called how to mistrust canadians <laughs> and it seems to be working
1: or ohioans yeah, um, masquerading as canadians so
0: there we have it he's got a wife of one presumes or an ex-wife and he's got her credit card for some reason why would he have a credit card why doesn't she have a credit card
1: maybe he got a credit card in her name as shifty husbands uh, have been known to do right I mean, it's only been since the 1970s that women were allowed to have credit cards oh, in their own name pick in this that country. that scam again.
0: So he, he's come back looking all the world like the prodigal son, but right. as he stays... The is, wealthy, well-to-do, successful prodigal son. And he seems to be in none of those things, right. apart from a son.
1: So it, how is he going to sell silk to Sarah if he's in such dire straits?
0: Maybe he needs to sell silk. To Sarah. At the, on the seashore. <laughs>
1: With her seashells.
0: Yeah. Shiftiness abounds.
1: Hmm. Which I think this we all is kind have expected to happen. Deep dark, a deep dark
0: secret. It does look like Audrey tried to kill herself then.
1: And Katis does not believe her for no, one not second. Not for one second. Because she is ineffable. She's
0: spot on. She she recognises uh, the anxiety and right. Audrey.
1: And the, oh, get to
0: that age. I'd her sit.
1: stance and just the way she won't look at us in the eye,
0: and just the flimsiness of the story that we right. forget to take tons of sleeping pills. Right,
1: she's like, "Oh, it's like when you lock your front door and then you go to lock the back door, and by the time you are done locking the back door, you you can't remember if you lock the front door." If this th- is when we say, "Okay, Audrey, let's test you for some
0: right. Alzheimer's now." Exactly. If that is true, then there is something yes. very seriously, seriously yes. wrong here, yes. right?
1: Because. We all walk into a room sometimes and forget why we walked into that room. God, I but still,
0: I've, since after the COVID, it's, I'm still a- about to do something. What am I doing
1: again? Well, that's also, you're pushing 50.
0: Yeah. It seems to have, there's a line <laughs> since COVID where it just feels like it's been a bit worse.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't like it.
1: No. Get vaccinated, kids. Right. Ignore the CDC
0: okay moving on very quickly we have a just a foreseen story on Friday let's call this one Man O Menopause
1: ugh I hate this on so Friday much.
0: in the factory Faye is complaining to Beth and Sally about how much fucking interest Craig is showing in their menopause diet Beth thinks it's lovely that he's taking an interest but Faye is being fed kippers by him and he wants to come on her gynecological <laughs> visits with her and that's just not on PC Tinker, who doesn't work at the factory, turns up at the factory with a lunch package for Faye, scuppering her plans for a boozy lunch with the girls at the Rovers. Right. He's made her salad with more salad. Right. He's made her a
1: green salad and a fruit salad. No protein.
0: Beth thinks this is wonderful and Faye looks like she wants to kill. So Faye gets back to, to number four after work to complain to Tim and Sally about Craig. But Sally also thinks that Craig's performance has been stellar. He knows so much about the menopause, says Sally.
1: Right. But Sally does seem to to take notice of the fact that Faye's not uber happy about all of this. There's a part of me that thinks that Sally is saying these things at the house just to wind Tim up. <laughs> who knows nothing about the menopause and is very uncomfortable talking about lady parts. Yeah,
0: remember last week when Sally went menopause, menopause, menopause and Tim just ran away? Yes.
1: At least least he's no longer running away when she shouts vagina, vagina, vagina at him. Yeah,
0: because his impotence has gone away. Right, yes. So Craig decides to take Faye to speed She's initially excited about this until he tells her it's only because the food is all green for go and menopause friendly.
1: Right, yes. It has lots of green for go options because it's green for go... And red for no. So... None of the spicy stuff?
0: Yeah. So, Craig the redhead? God. Yes. Red for no. Red for
1: no, Faye. Red Red for for no. No. (laughs) It's like he's infantilizing her. And that's got to be irritating. Yep. She's not becoming a baby. She's becoming a woman who can't have a baby. Ooh. There's a difference oh god I thought I thought he couldn't become more annoying I thought I couldn't hate this relationship more <sighs> and yet I hate this relationship more and I actually feel sympathy for Faye now
0: uh, I don't know if I'd go that far well as I'm, a woman I've seen some very sporadic comments about people complaining that the the makers of the show aren't giving Faye and Craig a chance and they haven't had a intimate scene together and uh, I guess I'm I'm not one to yuck someone's yum. We'll Who just, finds this and we'll, yummy? And we'll just leave it at that.
1: Who finds this yummy? They need to go talk to Doctor Gadass.
0: Our final storyline today is Spider Nugent into the Spider Pants <laughs> on Monday. Toya's and Nina's roles, ignoring calls from Ed, when Kelly comes in. Toya tries to explain about the time Kelly walked in on her and Spider, and how it wasn't what it looked like. But Kelly doesn't care and only wants to tell her that she's been called as a witness against Toya right. in her trial. And the two of them look like they've kind of, they've made some sort of amends. They're not as, right, or Kelly seems to have yes, other things of mind. Anyway. Right,
1: yeah. Kelly seems to have moved on, but it's obvious Toya hasn't moved on because later on she will complain about Kelly having been called in, which is not Kelly's fault. Yeah
0: in the next scene in fact back home Spider comes to see her but she's in a pretty low mood she explains about her rent her lack of money and Kelly testifying against her she's so alone and just going through the motions and utterly without the energy to get out of bed
1: and the way she's like and somebody I thought was a friend is going to give evidence against me it's not like Kelly can say no to the court no
0: but it's still a fact it can't be nice it's not Kelly's fault but it's not nice but it's still still not nice for and
1: also friend Toya, she was your foster daughter. Right. She's not your friend.
0: And for somebody who doesn't have the energy to get out of bed, has somebody had their hair done, Toya? Just saying. She's at least brushed it. She's
1: wearing clothes. She's not in her (laughs) robe. (laughs) And a pair of sweatpants.
0: Spider insists that he and Leanne are there for her, but Toya thinks Leanne has enough on her plate. Thank you very much. At the Bistro, as Ryan is being led away by the police in another storyline, Leanne sees Spider waiting outside the office to speak with her. And whatever he says, it must work because Leanne goes to see Toya and offers her Simon's room at Victoria Court because Simon's not a real character anymore, so we'll hardly miss it.
1: And also, hes it's, it makes sense for Simon to move in with Peter and Carla, who have a whole apartment just yes. to themselves, no roommates right. and no children.
0: Toya seems relieved, but suspicious. Leanne knows what Toya's going through. She knows everything now that spiders had a word with her. So Toya finds Spider in the community garden and gently ribs him for grassing her up to Leanne. But it's just banter. She's accepted Leanne's offer and looks relieved to be leaving the flat. She thanks Spider for looking out for her. Some things never change, she says. And I thought that was a gorgeous scene. Mm-hmm. Just the the gratitude from Leanne to have a friend and Spider's kind of playing it down a little bit saying you know some things never change i'm always here for you kind of thing right i just thought it was lovely yeah on wednesday we have an odd little scene in speed Dal where spider compliments dan on his Dal and then pays him from a thick wad of notes where did spider get all that money i think we're led to believe
1: i didn't really notice the notes i did like the the thick, talk thick about wad. the talk about you know oh you've been to pakistan
0: yeah, where's it your family are from? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to ask it like that. And Zidane's like, yeah, I know the difference between...
1: Right. Between racism <laughs> and, and...
0: Right. And Being nice. Right,
1: yes.
0: So Spider goes round to Toya's telling Leanne that he's here for the next few days as she seems in a hurry for him to leave. Toya has been black bagging Im- Imran's clothes. She doesn't want to chuck them so decides to take them to a charity shop. But Toya couldn't do it. She and Spider walk by Kirk and Peanut who has eaten his takeaway too quickly and is missing Beth and this is to make Toya feel even worse.
1: Right. Well, mm, does it make her feel worse or does it comfort her knowing that other people occasionally miss their partners too? Of course, Beth is going to come back. That night. Or the next day.
0: Which is just... Fucking hell, Kirk. Well, he doesn't know. (laughs) He
1: could... I, I almost, I was, I was dreading Toya saying, "Oh well, you know, why don't, why don't you hang out with us tonight if you're so lonely?" But thank God that didn't happen.
0: Well, that'd be a nice thing, home.
1: No, because then Beth would try to kill Toya.
0: Oh yeah. As Toya and Spider walk home, Spider walk, Adam throws his scorn at the two of them, calling Toya little miss muffet which i thought was quite clever spider doesn't think any of this is adam's business but adam's making it his business because it was his his partner who's dead thanks to her right yeah in the flat toya is a little embarrassed by the altercation on the street and then finds a bank statement for an account and ran set up for alfie this all gets too much for toya and she asks spider to leave without allowing him to finish his tea
1: yes capital offense right there
0: yeah because Uh, Spider had said Oh you guys In your suits and ties You think you're better Mm -hmm. Than the rest of us Kind of thing And Toya's like Well that was Imran And he wasn't like that Right He totally was like that
1: But also You know She's And he's like Well you know I was just trying to Defend you
0: Right On Friday Leanne bumps into Toya Toya's still getting packed With Imran's stuff Before she moves in With her Leanne thinks it's better Than Spider Leanne thinks it's better Now that Spider Seems to have slung his web Back home, Toya is still fretting about that account for Alfie, so decides to do something about it. And she goes round to see Abby to hand over the documents for the account. And then there's in such a rush to leave, knocking back Abby's offer of tea or an Alfie cuddle. And Toya just seems completely unsettled. Yeah, like she doesn't want to be there. And this was a great opportunity for the two of them to get together and say, right, let's get the acetone out and let's take our nail varnish off. (laughs) And let's get Debbie around and and get her to join in and then we can all have different colour nails or no colour nails if we so want because from now until the end of time Abby's stuck with bright red Toya has plum and Debbie has sky blue let's get them all together why
1: do you notice this? let's
0: get them all together how do you notice this? have a nail varnish removal party and And then then swap colours? and then I can get on with my life
1: and then you could you could uh, invite them all around and have like a manic a mani pedi party. A spa day with the girls. Sure. You forgot to talk about how Toya's going to give Imran's suits to Billy, and Leanne thinks that that this is a nice gesture because Billy can't afford nice clothes.
0: This is the archbishop. She's making the same mistake that you make all the time. It's the archdeacon. <laughs>
1: right yes but i don't assume he can't buy his own clothes and when people want to donate clothes to him it's not for That's the less fortunate who are trying to get a job
0: toya rushes straight to Nina's roles and talks about the smell on imran's clothes that are reminding her of him and roy agrees that you know smell is often the a main trigger of memory
1: right very much so but then he
0: has to rush off to another storyline and toya would rather stare into space than speak to shona until shona shows toya an article in Weather gazette online of spider getting lifted at a protest so Toya goes to the police station to shout at the poor woman on the desk, but the copper has been reading DS Blondie's playbook on how to deal with speeds and she gives as good as she gets.
1: Yeah, in the picture of Spider getting lifted, he's wearing a polo shirt that I owned in 1993.
0: Swish. <laughs> Later, after Spider has been sprung out the neck, he goes to see Toya. He heard from the duty sergeant that a young woman with plumbed fingernails was at the station earlier to plead his case. Guilty as charged, says Toyer. And she says that she welcomed a distraction. It means the world to have Spider here with her now. And she decides right there and then that she wants her whole of him and she wants it now. So Spider is happy to oblige. All the while, bags of Imran's dirty pants sit in the corner of the room. Now that's hot. <laughs> after this hot action, Spider those underpants thinks...
1: underpants are probably quite hot in those black bags.
0: After the hot action...
1: Steaming underpants.
0: Spider... <laughs> Imran, steaming underpants. <laughs> They're a fantastic band. <laughs> I saw them at Glastonbury in 97.
1: For some Af- reason, they were at Lilith Fair in 1992.
0: <laughs> after the hot action, well... They had that difficult Second album And <laughs> It's always difficult Number two <laughs> After the hot action Spider thinks What they did was honest And what she needed In the circumstances Right This getting, is
1: that Shagging medication
0: Getting the hot beef injection Is often better than Pills and Therapy right. and stuff Yeah But Toya is already Regretting it And she throws him out For I think the third time mm-hmm. So Spider wipes his cock On her curtains Ew. And then leaves And goes to the rovers <laughs> to drink with sally but before that toya's still dripping when abby turns up to visit Ugh. to see how toya's doing she explains that she slept with spider abby doesn't know who that is
1: Toya, right she's like you slept with a spider how big was this spider do spiders have
0: penises do they need it if they've got eight legs i don't know toya thinks abby must be disgusted which would be rich but Toya just wanted to feel something. She's so lonely and full of guilt. And Abby knows what that's all about. And she speaks about Seb. Life isn't fair, she says. And Toya knows that. And she admits she wouldn't have swapped Inran for Spider. So Abby says, no harm, no foul. No one's memory is tarnished by this. It's all good. Right. She now does that
1: rubber band snapping on your wrist thing.
0: Now let's invite Debbie around and have a nail vanish removal <laughs> party after all.
1: And surprisingly, she, Abby doesn't say to Toya, see, this is exactly why I shagged your man. So to- was to fill the empty void
0: after a loss. Right. So Toya tracks Spider down at the Rovers and she apologizes for using them. He doesn't remember complaining and promises that their friendship is still intact. Then Leanne joins him and wonders what the fuck he's still doing here, which Spider takes as a cue to leave. Oh. Toya doesn't mention getting her hole, but says Spider is a friend and she needs as many of those as she can get. Spider, she says, is a good man, but then outside, Spider is immediately on his phone to an unknown party calling today a tough day and how he can't wait to get back. And that is how we end this week's episodes.
1: Hmm. So Spider also has a deep, See, dark secret.
0: Can we? Can we do this deep, dark secret thing one not, at a time uh, and and not on a Friday and not by somebody walking away from somewhere around the corner then immediately going onto their phone right because it feels like we've done this recently hmm. and it feels like we've done this several times recently
1: and both Stephen and Spider's deep dark secrets involve a phone
0: yeah and a phone call remember how uh, we learned that Phil had a deep dark secret he went on the phone in the rovers as soon as Fizzy's back was turned right yeah. So it's it's just it's it's lazy. And, it's a lazy way and, to do it.
1: And Leo was on a zoom call, which is not technically a phone call, but it's close. I'm counting it.
0: Yeah, I'm filing all that under telecommunications.
1: Right, yes.
0: uh No.
1: The only one the only one who has no telephone involved in their deep dark secret is Stu.
0: Now we have uh whose name
1: also starts with an S a
0: precedent here of being thrown a bit of a googly of what looks like a, a deep, dark, nefarious secret. In actual fact, turns out to be nothing at all. Like the, well, it wasn't nothing at all, but the, the Phil with 12s thing wasn't an affair or anything. It was, still weird, a book. So it is conceivable... And Leo's was
1: supposedly a job.
0: Right. So conceivably, Spider's uh, cliffhanger phone call could be from one of his activist friends and waiting to get back to to being part of a, a protest somewhere.
1: Or maybe he's married.
0: Well, I thought it was curious that they asked him if he had any children. And he said he didn't. Right. But I wondered why he was getting asked that. Why, why did they give him that line? Was well. there really nothing in that or was it?
1: It is was something it, you ask. Or was
0: it portentous of something else?
1: It is something you ask if you haven't seen somebody for a long time. Well, I don't know him. Well, Sally knows him. Sally
0: knows him vaguely. but Beth hasn't a clue who he but is. But
1: also, I mean, and it's hilarious because this is the only time I talk to our neighbours. At the yard sale this morning, or today, I met our new neighbour, Monica, who's married to Steve. And Monica works at the same place we do. And when she came over, you know, one of the questions I asked her or one of the questions she asked me because she volunteered the fact that they have six kids between the two of them. Um, But, you know, she asked me, oh, do you have any kids? When I asked her a polite question about her kids.
0: And that's fascinating stuff, Ellen, but you're not in a soap opera on TV where things are kind of said for a reason.
1: No, I'm in a soap opera in real life. Didn't you hear? They have six kids between them
0: where things are done for a reason. I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt like an odd thing for him to be involved in, an odd conversation for him to be involved in. But I'm, I'm not buying that he's up innocent. to no good here. No, I'm No, buying you he's, think he's innocent. I do think he's innocent because he's been a nice guy through all this and and I, I think he's been there trying to help Toya. But I do think as well, though, that he could be off the mindset that, it was just a make you feel better shag, and it right, didn't well, really mean well, anything. Right. And they've kind of agreed with each other that, that didn't really mean anything. That's what it was. Yeah. So even if he, if he does have a relationship elsewhere, so does it matter with this person would, that we would, don't know? Would, if, if we don't know them, do we care?
1: Would would you would would you be saying that if I shagged somebody because Again, they were sad? No oh, hell,
0: I have to insist that we <laughs> recognise that this is a soap opera that we're talking about, in not real life. That spider is having a relationship with somebody that we don't know then then no i don't care about that so does this mean i can shag other people no because again (laughs) real life and soap opera mark the difference please mark it mark the difference
1: i totally thought we were living in a soap opera because our neighbors have six kids between them
0: yeah it's not as funny the same thing
1: and have you met my family
0: yeah well, that's certainly no comedy, I'll tell you that. I don't know. It's It feels like it's just a, a cliffhanger for the sake of a cliffhanger. And the way that they did it as well, there was like a 20-second scene of nothing happening before the, the episode finished. I think he crossed the street or something.
1: Right, yeah, and, and they, 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 it's a crane shot. Right. You know, they zoom out to this crane shot where we watch him walking in my polo shirt from 1992 right. across the street, jaywalking.
0: That's not a thing. That's barely a thing here.
1: <laughs> Still, you know, and it's like, why? They, they seem to like, they seem to really like doing those crane shots to end an episode, don't they?
0: On a Friday when they think that they've just set up a, a cliffhanger. I, right. I feel like this is...
1: Or to add drama to something that has just happened by showing someone walking alone. Now... Like Maria with her sledgehammer.
0: While I think that it's it's likely to be innocent and while i think that's probably fine i don't think it's i think it's cheating a little bit and mercy pointed this out i think in his last uh five things that when you set up things as a cliffhanger that's not really a cliff cliffhanger it kind of cheats the audience a little bit because it's You're not playing fair, you're not playing by the rules. You're 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 not saying that this is a a huge moment of drama. Oh no, it actually isn't a huge moment. Right, it's manipulative. Exactly. And I I I totally agree with that. And it kind of feels like that to me, if that's what they've done. I I almost would would prefer him to be up to something. But he has no ties here, so I don't know who he would be upsetting.
1: I mean one could argue that all cliffhangers are manipulative, but I mean, I guess it could be upsetting to Toya if she found out that he was married because she's not married anymore. Mm. So and I'm sure she assumes that Spider is also not married. I think I don't think she would I don't think she would have shagged him if she knew he was married.
0: Well, and he said that it wasn't. He said that he's avoided it so far. But Because there was no ties to them getting their hole i don't think it i, don't, I honestly don't think it, either one of them would think of it as a big deal
1: i think for toya it would be a big deal if she knew that he was co- in a committed relationship with somebody else mm-hmm. even if it was just a one-off
0: i kind of need bigger stakes than that well i don't i don't think they exist unfortunately
1: all the bigger stakes are in other storylines and in this storyline the biggest stake is toya perhaps going to prison for murdering imran mm-hmm by intentionally running into a Yeah,
0: still not sure if she's going to get out of that.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, and we still haven't gotten a full explanation and it's just, it's kind of worrying because if this was an attempt, if this was a suicide attempt, which it kind of feels like it would have been, a murder suicide attempt. Mm. We also have Audrey with a suicide attempt. You know, we're getting... We're possibly having two suicide stories at the same time.
0: Alongside two storylines where you have a secret missus. Right. Potentially.
1: You know, and also it's
0: like, two storylines
1: like, where there's thieving going on.
0: Like, seriously, do you not watch the show? You're, you're doing this twice in one episode.
1: Right, yeah. It's like, can we can we spread it out a little bit? Have you not read that Metro article about... Misery porn and ruining characters with it. You know, do you not understand that may have had a factor in Millie saying, you know what, I'm done with the show. Yeah. I certainly would have.
0: Would you? No, I'd be like Kirk if I was in that show. You'd have to drag me away from it.
1: How many times has Kirk been miserable on the show about something that didn't involve? wethy county or peanuts poops
0: yeah but if you were in the show i I wouldn't believe in the show if i was in the show And, and i certainly wouldn't believe in the show if i was in the show more or less constantly for the past couple of years
1: if i was in the show and i was constantly getting thrown into dungeons or molested or having my parents murdered or other people close to me murdered and having to cry pretty much all of the time and having to pretend to be high or drunk all the time
0: that's yeah, not all the time, but I think five years of that would be too much. Yes, two years of that. You're talking to somebody who has had two jobs. The first job was for for the company was for twenty one years. Company number one was twenty one years, and company number two is eleven years. Mm-hmm. So I'm in it for the long haul mm. in these things. Mm. Anyway, theoretically, that was well, the week that, that was. Well, practically, I think I think it's more than theoretically. That was the week that was Coronation Street then. What was your moment of the week?
1: Nobody throws you into a dungeon at work, though.
0: (sighs) Um, There is a theoretically part of it. (laughs) Metaphorically. Everyone
1: has now seen your cubicle with your Funko Pops. I think they know that you get sunshine. (laughs) Moment of the week. (laughs) Everybody in the house... No, waiting, waiting for Sean nope. to come down in his outfit we, we gave it that. and being really supportive of we him. We gave it
0: that direction last week.
1: Did we? What did we have last week?
0: Glenda. Well, yeah,
1: that was Glenda. That's not Sean. We're giving it to That's Sean. It's Sean. We never give it to Sean. And
0: there's better moments in that storyline than that.
1: Okay. Well, name another one.
0: Any, any of them?
1: Because it was just so cute when how supportive everybody. was. Nah. How cute! Everybody was supportive of him.
0: So I'd be more inclined to give it to Toya and spider for their little uh, tete-a-tete in the community garden I thought that was lovely
1: Mm. Yeah but then it's kind of ruined by the deep dark secret
0: Still a moment, still a good moment
1: Debbie and Ronnie getting back together?
0: (laughs) No because it was pointless The Sean storyline if I was going to give it to anything or what did I enjoy most about the Sean storyline it was Eileen (laughs) It was Eileen's I don't give a fuck about this
1: Right, which is not true. She does give a fuck. She
0: just yeah, she, pretends she, she, not to give a fuck. She's jealous of, of Glenda being the the uh, go-to person, I, I think, is what's know.
1: going You know what? Speaking of Eileen, I really kind of liked that scene with Eileen and Yasmin. It was a small little scene.
0: Well, I didn't even mention it.
1: No, you didn't. And, and I thought it was a great scene, and it was a great evidence that the show does watch the show occasionally.
0: I think the show... Probably just listens to the podcast
1: <laughs> well, they do that too. Where else did they get the sinkhole idea from? They read your book
0: <laughs> um, i will i
1: will I will go down swinging, believing that um, yeah, it was just you know I, it it's nice when the show remembers these things, yeah. and I thought it was a really nice moment of vulnerability from eileen and from yasmin and and the fact that eileen's like you know what it's it's tough but you gotta learn to trust again and look where i am with the undertaker now you know good men do exist I they can, do exist
0: i can buy into that let's go with
1: that all right
0: that's our moment
1: of the week, of the week.
0: that thing that i didn't speak about yes is our moment of the, week. the
1: thing we didn't talk about until just now
0: your boring moment of the week <sighs>
1: And we gave it to Daniel last week, so I don't feel like giving it to him again, talking about his job, being, being a man of the people now, working a quote-unquote real job. Right. Because apparently teaching's not a real job anymore. Yeah.
0: No, at no, least that's the way we treat teachers. Know that you shut at it. It's not a real job.
1: Is it the four people <laughs> sitting around the table trying to figure out what to do with Audrey that doesn't involve booze? Because that was boring them talking. Oh, let's go to a play. Well, we can't go to a play because then we can't talk to one another. Let's go bowling. Oh, no, I hate wearing shoes that other people have worn. And because, Rita, God, isn't that a joke that hasn't been made a million times before now?
0: Rita's fly in the lane if she was to throw a ball down there. And anyway. how
1: indignant Rita is about this whole having to reserve something and 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 people having to explain the pandemic to her.
0: I'll go with that. that. That was fucking doll. that whole
1: scene was dreadful that whole
0: part of that storyline was awful
1: it i can't was wait needlessly to
0: see it's complicated for I such an easy thing i
1: can't wait to see the fancy cakes though yeah it was just it was it was a scene just to set up the fact that stephen doesn't have a working credit card
0: pretty much so that is our
1: boring moment over overcomplicated week. things it's a boring moment of the week
0: it is a boring moment In of the week. If you have a credit card, let us know your mother's maiden name and the, your name, number, of your, the name of your first pet. Your, your pet
1: number, your expiration date.
0: Don't do that.
1: How funny. It was hilarious watching Stephen read out that credit card number in Nina's rolls. Yeah, I out could tell loud. it's not
0: a real credit card number. First four digits for Nothing. <laughs> First four digits for visas and MasterCards and Amexes are all, they follow a standard format. Is
1: that true in the UK as well, though? Yeah,
0: it's true the world over.
1: They don't have American it's Express the in the UK. Over.
0: Of course they do. They don't ha- of course they do.
1: British people can get American Express cards? I had a
0: gold American Express card when I was in the UK, thank you very much. That
1: feels wrong. Where is there not a British Express card?
0: The um, Brighton and Hove Albion play at the Amex Stadium or whatever in, in Brighton, which is where i had to send that, my check to every week to pay off my credit card bill that yeah, feels of wrong anyway you can send all that information you yeah, don't send that information to the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at cory podcast on twitter facebook and instagram you can shout me and helen a coffee by heading to kofi.com. that's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street check out the clicky clicky section of vogel.co.uk for links to our merch store and youtube channel and if you're so inclined please leave a rating and a review on the itunes or your podcast provider of choice Thanks for making it to the end of another episode And we will be back next week With more
1: The Talk of the Street The Talk on the Street Bye Cheers